0: series today we're going to talk about the glorious glimmer which we established last in the last class where we talked about how to actually start writing and the beginning of writing is actually thinking so first you have to sit and think about what kind of story you want to tell And uh, if you don't know what kind of story you want to tell, or even if you do, you should go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already, because these episodes are going to be building off of each other. And today we're talking about once you have the Glorious Glimmer. So if you don't know what that is and you don't know how to get it, go back to the first episode of the Writing 101 series. Uh, how to start, and you're going to be able to understand what I'm talking about now. And you can build off of that as we talk about how to actually get the bones of your story once you have the glorious glimmer. So that's what we're working on today. Okay, you cannot write without a story idea. You just can't because you won't have anything to write. And I know a lot of people will be like, well, Kristen, I am a, I'm not a planner. I'm a pantser. And that means I write to discover. But basically what you mean though, is that you have no idea what you're writing and you want to write to find out. And if that's how you want to do it, that's fine. It's not the most efficient way though. And it's also a good way to get frustrated and want to give up. So I personally do not think that um, complete pantsing is a real thing and If you're going to say, well, Stephen King does it, I would say, uh, no, he doesn't really do it because he knows where he's going in his head. And he's so good that he has the plot structure up in his brain kingdom. And he doesn't need to write it down on a piece of paper like you and I do. Or if you're like Stephen King, cool, then you you probably don't need this (laughs) this writing one on one series because you already instinctively know what should happen in a plot. Uh, of any given trope and any given genre that you're writing in, which is pretty amazing. And uh, yeah, if that's the case, send me a link to your book because I want to buy it. So w- the rest of us, though, the commoners, I would say, uh, we have to start with the story idea. And if we don't want to write to discover, then we need to uh, figure out the plan before we start writing. And how do we do that? Well, when you're starting and you already have the glorious glimmer, uh, and you want to build the bones of your story. You need to start with the person, right, or the thing if your person if it's not a person. So, so, in some of my stories, the protagonists are aliens, so they're not people; uh, they're beings. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Or like, let's say you're talking about a plant, uh, which, yes, that could be a protagonist. Uh, I'm. I can't help but think of. Uh, Dragon's Egg by Robert Lee, who his publishers have changed his name to Robert Forward, which is seemingly ridiculous to me. There's no way that's a real name, okay? Like, if it's going to be a pen name and it's going to have some weird science fiction-y thingy, like, don't use the first name Robert. Anyways, Dragon's Egg is a really great... (laughs) It's a really great uh, science fiction gateway type of story. I read it when I was in ninth grade I was a freshman in high school and I was like what this is a story about space slugs okay but then it was like it blew my mind later so I was like you know what you don't necessarily have to write a story about a person but yes I just got completely sidetracked but I'm just saying you need to start with a protagonist whether that's a person or a space slug okay so you have to start with the main character because they are the vessel of your storytelling they take all the information and they put out the responses. They are the ones who get the action and give the reaction. So you need to think about that first. And then you need to think about what would this, the protagonist look like in your glorious glimmer, in your story idea. And uh, I'm just going to think up a random example right now because this is how it works, okay? You you sit, you think about a story idea, and then uh, you write it. So I'm going to, I actually had a dream about this. Okay. So I'm going to start with a middle grade idea, uh, middle grade fantasy. All right. And I know that there's kind of a cartoon that mimics this idea of a girl who's in middle grade going into a fantasy world with their unicorns. But I had this dream first. That doesn't mean it's my intellectual property. But I could write a story about this. And we're going to talk about Uh, not super original ideas in the next episode, because that's something that I feel like a lot of writers struggle with. So we're going to come up with a story that's middle grade fantasy slash contemporary. So it goes back and forth, because that's super fun, and not complicated at all. And so I have a story idea for a girl, let's call her uh, Margie. Okay. And Margie is going to be my protagonist. And so when I'm thinking about the glimmer idea, the glorious glimmer, is that there is a young girl who has to overcome the idea that uh, all of her self-worth is wrapped up in the opinions of other people. Because that was my life, people. And I know that a lot of you feel that way too. So why not? Let's just tackle one of the biggest uh, issues we can in this fictional example. And so we're going to do a middle grade fantasy slash contemporary coming of age uh, with Margie. And the whole point of the story is that you have to learn that uh, you cannot let other people define you, or else you will always be disappointed, discouraged, and depressed. I was like, can I get a third D? But I got it. Okay. So Now that I'm like, okay, I know I have the story idea for this girl who's going on an epic fantasy journey, but also lives in the contemporary world. And you're like, hmm, Kristen, this sounds kind of like the never ending story. And I would be like, so, so I can write, I can also write about this type of thing, even though I'm not, I don't want to copy the never ending story exactly, which by the way, if there's like one movie that my husband, Travis actually hates, it's the never ending story. And I cannot for the life of me understand why he hates it so much. Uh, I think it has to do with dying horses, maybe. And so no, no spoilers there because that was very vague. And so uh, I'm thinking of Margie, and I'm thinking of this glimmer, the glorious glimmer of an idea, and when I'm thinking about my protagonist, I have to answer three questions, and you might, you might be saying, well, Kristen, it sounds like these questions go past character, and they go into plot and setting, and I would say, yes, good, you're paying attention. So when you're thinking about your protagonist, you need to think about who, and that seems like a simple question, but it's not really, because you have to think about who they are as a person, what experiences they've had, how those experiences have shaped their lives, and how uh, those experiences that have shaped their lives can be reversed if you're going to do a complicated character arc. So, you know, no pressure. You also need to think when. When is this story set? Because that's going to affect what things are around the character, what technology they have, uh what is like going on culturally depending on the time period. And if you're if you have a fantasy world, you get to invent all that stuff. So that's why fantasy people are like world building whoop whoop. So uh the third question that you need to think about is where. And like I said, for fantasy you're inventing the place, but it has to be a place that feels real. So in my uh experience, it's best to base fantasy lands in some kind of real land. That way you can get a feel for it as a writer and the reader interprets that as semi-realistic, semi-relatable because you can't have it so that everything in your book is so extreme because you won't succeed in drawing people in with that. You have to have relatable elements and that also comes into the setting. Uh, And yeah, so for time period. And so let's say because why not that uh this middle grade character margie is growing up as an american in hungary uh in 2005 we'll say 2005 and uh they are going to a private american school because one parent's hungarian and one parent is american And they uh, find a magic gateway to a fantasy unicorn-type land. I'm sorry, that is my my neighbor's dog. That is not one of my dogs. So super annoying. But that's Lily. She likes to bark at us sometimes. And so that, oh gosh, I could totally, the dog barking distracted me. Oh, we're talking about, well, is Margie a name that you would have? See, this is the problem is that you're like, okay, I'm starting to get these specific ideas. And maybe her name would be Agnes instead, which is Agnes in English. And so you're like, that way you can cover the Hungarian aspect of her childhood that she's half Hungarian. And she's probably going to speak two languages, which means you need, if you do not speak Hungarian, I do not speak Hungarian because I awful at it. And I can never remember anything. And it's been a long time since I lived there. I would need to hire someone who can help me out with the Hungarian phrases, which, you know, one of my best friends just happens to be um, like an English teacher in Hungary. So she would be able to help me definitely if she wasn't so busy. But this isn't a real book. This is a hypothetical book. So it's okay. But like, so you see, I'm already encountering these problems. And that's good because that means that I can figure out solutions before I start writing. Because if you start writing and then you're like, oh, the character's name doesn't represent her Hungarian heritage and I want it to, then you have to go back and change it. Or if you're like, oh, I want to be able to communicate this thing in Hungarian, but I don't know how. And then you have to just leave spots blank. And then that's really hard to come back later and fix. So here's the secret. Here is the magical information that... I have not heard very many people talk about when it comes to writing, when you're in the planning stages, everything has to do with problem solving. And don't freak out. Don't get nervous. If you're like, I don't know how to solve problems. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. You already solve lots of problems every single day. Like, for example, maybe you're out of dish soap. What do you do? you go buy dish soap, you're solving the problem of the dish soap. Or you're like, okay, I've ordered this thing from Amazon. And I need to figure out which one of my bank accounts has the money to cover that. Okay, and then where should I ship it? And where should I store it when it comes? And so those are these are all normal problem solving things that are built into your brain. So you don't think or feel like you're doing anything when you're employing these like superpowers that you've developed over your whole life. But the things that come up in life that you problem solve have been preparing you for writing your entire life. So good job. You've been preparing and you didn't even know it. So you might have, okay, all right, I've got the who, I've got the when, I've got the where, I've got my Hungarian language consultant, I've got my new name. Now she's not Margie, she's she's Agnes. And also, uh, I need to figure out where she's going because right now she's in this fancy uh, giant old hungarian building that maybe the plumbing looks gross and there's nothing they can do about it because it's super old and uh you know when you're in europe you encounter these types of buildings and so i wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable writing about a place that i haven't been to or haven't studied excessively because i know i would get it wrong so that's another problem solving issue where you're like okay can i research enough about this to write it or can i um Interview someone who lives there, or can I go there myself? And so you've got this kind of dilapidated, older building that's prime real estate. And let's say it's in Budapest because that's where all the American, all the American-Hungarian joint schools pretty much are. Uh, And also, Budapest is a very exciting and lively city. It's a great setting for a story, and uh, you know, I can just picture like a hidden. uh, like these, like, portals to the other world. Maybe there's one in the metro. Maybe there's one in her school. Maybe there's one, uh, you know, in, like, under a swing set at the park because they have really amazing parks in Budapest. Oh, or maybe there's one in the castle because there's this district called the Castle District there. And see, I've been there, and I was obsessed with it. I'm still obsessed with it. Uh, The one thing that I would like to do is go back and experience actual Hungarian cuisine. Last time I was in Budapest, I ate amazing Israeli cuisine uh, at this place called Mazeltov, which if you're in Budapest, go there and get the falafel. But see, these are all different layers that I'm adding on top of each other as I'm figuring out things about my protagonist. So like, for example, maybe my protagonist, uh, she... Like some American food and some Hungarian food, but then she doesn't like other versions. Like, she doesn't like cheeseburgers, but she likes, um, I can't think of what it's called. But they have, so like, basically, uh, they have this fruit drink. That's like almost like fruit pudding and they call it fruit soup is the English translation of it in Hungary. And it's actually pretty delicious, even though I had to really wrap my brain around that one, because I have a whole hung- I have a whole American brain. So this person who's a character, she would probably have like certain things she liked about her Hungarian culture and cuisine and certain things she liked about her American culture and cuisine. And uh, the, the big problem is for her, what's what's the pain point for this protagonist? She doesn't really feel like she fits in anywhere, and she thinks that that's a unique feeling to her because she is uh, one of the few half-American, half-Hungarian people that she knows, but actually that's a very human uh, experience to to feel like you don't fit in and to not really know who you are, and the fantasy world that I invent will create an environment where she can come up against these challenges and realize that, hey... I'm not the only one that's trying to figure out who I am or like where I belong. This is a universal experience. And if I build myself a healthy support group in this fantasy world and in my real world, then I can overcome. And so boom, those are the bones of my story. You just heard me do it in real time. I'm not gonna write this book because I already have lots of other books I wanna write. But So you can take an idea your your glorious glimmer is that okay uh it's very difficult to understand that you can't make everyone like you and that y- if you take your worth from how other people think of you you're going to end up feeling so awful and you, you take also the idea of going through puberty and coming of age and you smash that together and then you put these two opposing worlds together, which the character thinks are her American side and her Hungarian side, but really they're the real world where she where she lives and the fantasy world that mirrors all the challenges she has in the real world, but in a way that she can actually work them out on her own uh, in a physical, problem-solving, task-oriented kind of way. So this is all making me think that this character, Agnish should go on a quest because that's a common trope in the fantasy genre. And she's also on a quest in her real life. And I would set those two things up to mirror each other. And so if you're like, Kristen, I can't do what you just did. Absolutely, yes, you can. You You can do it. You just need to figure out what your glorious glimmer is. And that's your why, why you want to tell the story. And then you figure out what kind of protagonist best fits into this world. And I will tell you that in the Time Portal book that I'm writing right now, I would rather have had, uh, I really wanted a African-American female protagonist because I just feel like there aren't enough of them and they're so amazing and wonderful. And uh, I wanted to be able to write one in a good way. In, in in a powerful way, because this character is powerful and they're very good at problem solving. And I felt like, oh, this would be so good. But because I am writing to market, I had to write a white male protagonist. And I can still add all the depth from those things I wanted from the female black African-American protagonist into this story. But um, because I'm writing for a specific target audience and I cannot understand why they only want white male protagonist because a lot of the reviewers are are women now and also people of color and so it drives me crazy but that's what's selling okay that's that's why I'm writing this protagonist the way he is but then I was able to add in all these elements around him and I was thinking okay who is he when is he living where is he living and also where is he going to and there's a lot of mirroring in that i decided he needed to go on a quest and he needed to get off of earth because he's going through a time portal and uh a spoiler the time portal also takes him to another planet which as soon as you read it in the story you understand that because he goes on uh he goes to try to get help and then the things like well you can't get help from where you're at so he has to go somewhere else and that's i'm being vague purposefully because i don't want to give away the thing, the the little mini reveal at the beginning where you find out that, oh, this cabin in the woods is not all that you thought it was. Maybe it's way more. And so you have this process of, okay, I have the glorious glimmer of the story that I want to tell, this idea that makes me want to write. And then you have, okay, I need to figure out what protagonist fits in the story. And if you're not writing to market, which means you're not writing with the explicit goal of being able to select a target market so that you can make a specified amount of income every month, uh, then you can have the protagonist be whoever you want and whoever fits your story best. And then you think about, okay, what do I need the protagonist to do? What is the goal of the protagonist in this story? What kind of character arc am I going to make for them? And uh, what, where are they? And these, so it's like a mini, it's a mini <laughs> uh, worksheet basically, because I have the worksheets that I made, which you can get uh, if you go to uh, literary dot com slash W T P R dash fiction. That's where you get those worksheets. And um you can there it like the thing pops up, it's so, like free worksheets. And those go really in depth for character plot and setting. But right now when we're trying to figure out the bones. We're not necessarily going through and saying, okay, Agnes has brown hair and brown eyes and she's five foot five. No, we're not thinking about all that yet. We're thinking about the why and the overall who in relation to the story, in relation to the glorious glimmer. And that is what you want to think about now before you start writing. And uh, as we go through the rest of the series... The next thing we're going to talk about is what if my idea is not super original? Uh, What if I'm redoing something that I've already seen, but with a twist? And we're going to talk about how to develop these ideas that we have that seem similar to other ideas into something that's kind of their own instead of just giving up on the project altogether. And after that, we're going to be going further into character and setting and plot and how to actually sit down once you've gone through all this planning and start writing the first line and the first paragraph and the first scene and the first chapter and the first plot point and the first pinch point. And it sounds like a lot, but when you have the detailed guide, you can do it. And you're going to make a plan for your middle of the project tired brain so that you're, uh, you can have a note from your previous fully functioning beginning of the project brain that tells you, okay, look, we already thought about this. Don't freak out. You just need to know this, this, and this, and you can keep going. And that is the end of the second episode of the Writing 101 series. I hope I've given you an idea of how this process works. And we're going to talk more about it. And I'm really excited for you to start writing the story of your heart. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristin.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing.